So uh, I just want to start out by asking for a little grace this morning. Um, I am not a speaker. I work for a dynamic speaker, so I don't have to. Um, so I just, you know, I'm a little nervous this morning, so just bear with me. Um, but I was in uh, Dallas, Texas this uh, past week at the uh, CMN conference, the Church Multiplication Conference Network Conference, and um, they had so many dynamic speakers. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, so just a little plug for them, and they're not asking me to do this, but if you know anyone who is uh, starting a, planning a church, if you are planning to multiply your campus, um, you know, any Anyone who is uh, really wanting to learn more about church planting, and it was probably the most uh, energizing, uh, spirit-led event that I've ever been to, and I'm just telling you what, that God is not only doing something amazing here in Ohio, but across the country. Um, so I would just, uh, you know, suggest that you guys look into that and check that out next year because it was amazing. So it was an awesome time to see and hear a lot of speakers. And it actually uh, really kind of solidified what I'm going to speak about today. Uh, there are some, a few people that were speaking kind of on the same topic. And, you know, God tends to line things up the way he wants uh, people to hear them. So it was a lot of what they were talking about, too. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. I'm going to start out, um, let's just pray um, for today and this time together. And um, dear Lord, just thank you for everyone here um, thank you for all the leaders here uh, in Ohio, all throughout Ohio, and the opportunity that we have to come together today and learn from one another. And I just ask you, Lord, uh, through your Holy Spirit, to use me to speak to someone today and just open their hearts. And I just pray that something I say today will be used in order to uh, better their ministry, to help their church, to to move things forward in your name, Lord. And I just thank you for today and everyone who's here. Amen. Amen. So um, I'm going to ask you to um, write down this number, 970 So if you would like the notes for today, you can text that number, and you're going to text SYNERGY, and then it's going to send you the notes um, for both of the sessions today. So it's 970-00, and you're going to text SYNERGY to 970-00, and it'll send you the notes for today, and uh, you'll have those and so my name is Shannon Chapman, and we are going to talk today about the sermon starts in the parking lot, um, welcoming guests with intentionality. And so I'm the administra- administrative support director at One Church, and I'm also the assimilation director at One Church. So I oversee all of the administrative support at One Church, and then I also um, oversee what we call... Um, our host team, uh, some people call it first impressions, um, hospitality team, guest services. Uh, we call it the host team. So if I say host team today, that's what I mean. Um, and then we also have growth track, and that kind of falls under the assimilation department, um, which I oversee. So anything from that, anything that you'll see for someone going from the crowd to the community, I oversee that process. Um, and so the host team um, in particular are some of the first people that your guests are going to encounter um, when they come to your church. And I've been in the restaurant business for most of my life, and the host team is like the um, front of the house 
in the restaurant lingo. So these are the people that, um, you know, are that first line of defense when someone walks into um, your church um, and that they're going to experience them uh, first. And so we want to make sure that we are exceptional at what we do um, when people walk into your uh, church. So like I said, I've spent over uh, 20 years in the restaurant industry, hospitality, um, serving, um, hosting, managing, um, you name it. I've been in the kitchen. I've done dishes. I've taken out the trash. Um, everything um, in that whole uh, gamut right there. And so my husband um, told me that there was a guy that he worked with, and he invited him to church. And that he was planting a church. And I said, what do you mean he's planting a church? I grew up Catholic. I didn't understand what it meant to plant a church. You can't just decide you want to plant a church. That's not how it works. Um, Little did I know that I would eventually be working for that said church. Um, But what I didn't understand was why God, God called me to this ministry. And But what I realized through a process is that um, all the skills that I learned within the restaurant industry, um, you know, attention to detail, um, creating warm environments, guest relations, that has really lent itself well to serving in God's church. And so um, it was just warming me up. It was just getting me started for, uh, for a life that I'd never dreamed possible um, working in the church. So um, my husband and I went to one church, came to one church um, for the first time, Easter of 2012, because we all know that's when you're going to come to church. Is that Easter? Um, it's so cliche, but we were one of those people. And so we just kind of both been feeling like um, whatever we were doing in our life, it just wasn't enough, that we needed more. Um, so we came to church the first time. And like I said, I've been in a Catholic church, I kind of had an expectation of going into church and knowing what to expect a little bit. You know, I kind of knew some Bible stories and, you know, I had some background. Um, My husband, on the other hand, was never into church, um, never went to church. He had a few experiences with church, but they were not very good. Um, So for him, it was very difficult. And so we pulled up into the parking lot that day. It was a little bit rainy. And Pastor Brian Stone and his wife, Karen, walked out to greet us in the parking lot with umbrellas um, and greeted us in the parking lot and walked us inside. And I asked my husband, what did that mean to you that day when we pulled into the parking lot and they um, walked out to greet us? And he said, it was the first crack in my armor. Um, And so if you knew my husband then and know my husband now, He's a completely different person. Literally, that day has changed our lives. We walked in. There was people that greeted us, that high-fived us, hugged us. They didn't even know us, and they gave us a hug, and they were so glad that we were there. Um, And for me, um, walking in, and probably within the first 10 minutes of um, Brian Stone and his wife Karen um, talking to us and in introducing us to people, they shared with us that they met in AA. And I just thought, well, they met in AA. We're not that bad. We we belong here. You know, we should be okay. But the fact that they were so open and honest about that re- and so authentic, that really made a difference to me because I grew up in the Catholic Church where we don't talk about anything. So that was huge for us. Um, and since then, we have... 
um, both accepted Christ. We both have been baptized. Um, my husband, he um, preaches at Golden Fellowship to our 70 and plus year old group on Tuesday mornings. Um, I'm, you know, in the church working, um, which was like a dream job for me. Um, so literally, the the first impression, the first time someone steps in your church or on your property um, can really be a matter of life and death. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, so remember the first time that you've ever um, been in a first place ever. Um, like how many can remember the first time walking into uh, a school, like whether it's high school or middle school, you know, you're, you walk in these doors and it's this huge place and you're looking around, you're not sure what classroom you're going to, you're not sure, um, you know, where your locker is and you don't want to look silly trying to find your locker and get into your locker. Um, that can be intimidating. Um, what about for me visiting a hospital is like very intimidating because you walk in, there's doors everywhere. You don't want to walk into the wrong door in a hospital. And you ask the lady where to go. She tells you to go down the hall, make a right up the stairs, through the double doors, in the elevator. To, you know, And you're like, by the time you get down the hallway, you forgot where you're going. And you don't want to make the, the mistake of walking into the wrong room. So, and the other one, the other one that got me, I think, is the first time I ever walked into Ikea. Has anybody ever had that experience? Uh-huh. So I literally walked into Ikea and stood there and just went like this. And and looked, at the, I had no idea where to go. And the guy, I asked the guy, you know, where, where's my, like, what's my next step? I'm in the door. And so he says, go up the steps. You just go up there. So I walked in and then I'm walking into a room with all this stuff. And I'm like, what, like, how do I buy something? I don't understand this. I just wanted to leave, but I couldn't because you're stuck and you have to go through the whole thing, the whole maze before they'll let you out, um, which is kind of smart, but in, it's still, it still can be terrifying. So think of a time when you um, had to walk into somewhere for the first time. You know, where were you supposed to go? What if you had to go to the bathroom? You know, what if, what, you know, you walk in, what, are these, what if these people don't like me? What if I don't like these people? Um, so thinking about that, how do we go about being intentional to put our guests at ease and to exceed their expectations when they come to our church? So in order for that, we need to start with why. What's the purpose of welcoming guests with intentionality? Well, first of all, because God said so. Acts fifteen nineteen. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. There are people out there who are lost, broken, hurting, addicted, that are feeling this call, that are, are like my husband and I, that just feel like there's something more out there. Why should we stand in the way of that, someone coming to your church to want to encounter God? So first of all, he tells us, because he said so, we should not make it difficult. It's the right thing to do. Romans twelve thirteen. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Always be eager to practice hospitality. The dictionary's definition of hospitality is the friendly and generous reception of entertainment and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. So it's just 
the right thing to do. God asks us to be hospitable to guests, visitors, and strangers. No one likes rude people. How many people here like rude people? When you go to the drive-thru, you don't like someone being rude to you. Job 31.32, I have never turned away a stranger, but have opened my doors to everyone. So when someone is feeling the call of God and the Holy Spirit is nudging them to come to your church, you never want to be rude. You don't want to be that person. You want, you want to open them, you know, welcome them with open arms. You were once that person. Leviticus 19.34. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. How many, how many people have been in that position of being new to a church or walking in for the first time? You were once that person. How did you feel when you walked into a church? How did you feel when you walked in and everybody was welcoming to you or if no one was welcoming to you? So you were, you were there before. You want your guests to know and to feel what you want them to feel because either you felt that way or because you didn't feel that way and you don't ever want to let someone else feel that way. And lastly, it's our mission. Acts 1.8, because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is our mission. At the end of the day, this is what it's all about. It's about sharing the gospel. An empty chair never gave his life to Jesus. An empty chair never gave his life to Jesus. If they can't get to the chairs, it's not the only thing that's going to remain empty. So you've got 10 minutes. 10 minutes. So within the first 10 minutes, a person will decide if they're coming back. An unchurched person will look for reasons not to come back even if they were invited by friends or family. And I got that quote out of this book called Secrets of a Secret Shopper by Greg Atkinson. It's a really great book. It's a short read, but it has a lot, a lot of information that will help you to exceed your guest's expectations. So if we have 10 minutes from the time someone pulls onto your property, we better get it right. So we're going to talk about 10 ways that you can be intentional and put your guests at ease and exceed their expectation. So first of all, we have to think not just when someone pulls onto our parking lot, but it goes way before then. It goes way before they even decide to pull onto your driveway. So the first thing that we have to do is we need to break the barrier. So the host team or first impressions team or guest services, whatever your uh, church calls it, their main mission week after week is to break barriers. And people who attend church for the first time or the first time in a long time, they're looking 
They're looking for an out. They're looking for anything that they don't like, anything that they can critique, anything that will allow them to say, "Mm, I'm not going back. Andy Stanley writes in Deep and Wide, we must remove every possible obstacle from the path of the disinterested, suspicious, here against my will, would rather be somewhere else, unchurched guests. The parking lot, hallways, auditorium, and stage must be obstacle-free zones. Guests have a preconceived notion when they come to your church, before they even step foot on their church, on your church. They have preconceived notions and they have expectations. Now, there's a study, the Barna study points out that despite a growing epidemic of loneliness, only 10% of people report going to church for community. Only 10% of people come to church for community. I feel like everyone who's lonely and looking for community should come to the church first. That's what we're there for. People leave church if they don't find Jesus. If they're looking, if they feel the Holy Spirit is guiding them to your church, and if they're not experiencing Jesus, then they're going to leave because that's what, that's what God's calling them to do is to find Jesus. And if they're not finding it in your church, they're going to find it somewhere else. The living examples of Jesus are the people that are serving in your church. If you are not allowing your your volunteers to be that living Jesus, living presence of Jesus, that tangible feeling that when a guest walks in that they can t- they can walk out with, then you're not we're not doing what we're called to do. We're not sharing the gospel. They may not understand the message. They may not understand the Bible verses that you use or the songs that you're singing, but they will understand the feeling that they felt when they walk out. And so Colossians 4, 5, be wise when you engage with these out, with those outside the faith community. Make the most of every moment and every encounter. Are we making the most of every moment and every encounter with the guests that are walking through your doors? So first, we need to change our mindset and break the barriers. That's our main goal. Number two, be our guest. What is a guest? A guest is a person who is invited to visit the home or take part in a function. So what if a guest was visiting your home? How would you treat a guest that comes to your house? You would probably make sure that the house is tidied up a little bit. You would probably offer them... Uh, you know, something to drink. You would probably, uh, you know, welcome them as they walked in the door and they would feel like you were excited that they were there. Um, I read an article that talked about some surprising facts um, that fuel your hospitality ministry. You will have more guests than you think in one year. So your connect cards that you um, ask people to fill out, ask guests to fill out, only a small percentage of your guests will actually fill those out. So you need to make sure that it is simple and clear um, that you 
are asking guests to fill these out uh, so that you can follow up with them and let them know that you were excited that they were there um, and that you value that they are there. Um, and make that clear. Um, how can you do that better? Um, I know that's one thing that we are looking at at one church is um, how do we make that better? We are feel like we have way more guests visiting us than the actual connect cards that we are receiving. So how how can we do that better? Um, haven't figured it out yet. We're still working on it. Um, but that is something that we're intentionally thinking about um, because it's important to us. Um, number two, many of your guests are going through situations that make them more responsive to God. Just like my husband and I, we were, we were in a season in our life that just felt like what we were doing wasn't working. That there was something else out there that we needed, something more that was going to help us um, just to be better people and, and to have a better life than what we were doing on our own. So, you know, these people um, are most likely to be experiencing a major life change. Um, you know, a death in the family, a divorce, a financial crisis. Um, these people are more receptive to, to coming to church for the first time or the first time in a long time. You know, a guest who's attending may represent years, years of service and invitation by a church member or their family. So someone might be out there praying for someone to come to visit their church for years. Someone in their family who just, they know needs Jesus. They've been praying for them. They've been asking them. They've been inviting them. They finally show up. Well, we better make their, their friend or family look good when they get there. So, um, you know, that's how we, that's why we need to be intentional. Welcoming, a welcoming host team is a great way for people to get their toes wet into serving. So when a guest sees the value in serving, they've been on the receiving end of this. It's an easy yes. I just spoke with a lady uh, the other day. We sat down and had a meeting, and uh, she serves on our welcome tent team. And I just asked her to share her experience uh, the first time that she came to One Church. And she said that uh, the thing that made the most impact on her was that she was greeted by people that were um, excited that she was there, and that she uh, just felt special because there was a place for her because she was new. And she could, you know, didn't feel alone walking into one church. She was also invited by her sister and had been, invite, been invited by her sister for a long time. And so she decides to show up and she was greeted by our welcome tent team. So now Faith serves as a service leader on the welcome tent team, because she wants everyone on her watch to feel the same way that they felt, that she felt when she first came to one church. So it's an easy yes. If people are being greeted and they feel like they're, they're valued and wanted, you know, when they, when they finally are like, you know what? This is my church. I belong here. I want to be a part of this church. Then, and you ask them to serve, they're going to be, yes, I want other people to have the same feeling I felt. So we're breaking the barriers. We, we're talking about our guests and how important uh, guests are and what a guest is. Number three, personality test. 
So I was reading another article, which this article um, had to do with hosting in the service industry. And it says, what are the skills necessary for becoming a good host? In the article, it says, a host isn't just you being you. It's you at your best, under the influence, and filled up with deeper, more powerful, and more fun emotions. Now, I feel like for us, that's someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so those are the type of people that we want in our hospitality ministry. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who can be, who are fun and the most, the best version of them that they are. Cause we are not just filling roles, we're fulfilling a mission. And that mission is to help people encounter Jesus. Former Ritz-Carlton president, Horace Schultz, and if you, if anybody doesn't know who he is, um, Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley uh, interview him a lot on their podcast, and he is just an amazing guy. He, um, if you have ever been fortunate enough to go to the Ritz-Carlton, which I have not, um, but if you ever get there, um, they have some of the most exceptional um, hospitality and service um, that you probably will ever experience. And this guy is super passionate about this. Um, and he, one of the things that he uh, talks about is that everyone who works at the Ritz Carlton, everyone's on the on the same playing field. Um, you know, whether you are, um, you know cleaning the restrooms, whether you're opening the doors, whether you're someone at the front desk, he tells them that we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. So we are all people. And in the church, we are all broken people serving broken people. We are all sinners serving sinners. So we're all, we're all the same people. We've all been there. We've all been that person before. Why am I going to hold someone back who wants to encounter Jesus. It's my job to break those barriers down so that they can get from the street to the seat to encounter Jesus. But when it comes to personality, though, everyone is created uniquely by God. We all have our own gifts, our own talents, our own skills, our passion, our scars, our stories that all lend itself to where God wants to place us to serve within his church. But if you think about it, for example, the parking lot, the parking lot team are some of the first people that uh, a guest will encounter. Now, it's probably not the best area to put, you know, maybe the, the guy who's a little bit awkward, super nice guy, but he's a little bit awkward, kind of, you know, he's probably not the best person to stick in the parking lot. He's got a purpose. He's got skills. He's got, you know, his own uh, talents and, and things that God has created him for. So let's help him find the right spot to serve in. Because it's probably not, he's probably not the best first impression. So when you're thinking about where um, you are asking people to serve uh, within your ministry, Keep in mind, personality plays a big part. I'm su- super introverted. And so I am not someone who's going to go out there and jump around and scream and carry on. But I will be in the lobby shaking your hand and really talking to you um, and really wanting to get to know you. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to pass out because I don't have any energy left. Um, but 
there's, everyone has a place. Everyone, God has created us all uniquely uh, with our skills, passions, talents, scars, stories to serve in his church. So it's our job to help make sure that we're helping people find the right place uh, to serve. So number four is online dating. Online dating, you say? Um, so today, in today's world, um, you know, we don't just ask someone out on a date. Um, my husband asked me out on a date. He had to call me up. He had to awkwardly ask me if I would go out with him. Um, but today, everything's online. You can look at a person's picture. You can look at their Facebook. You can figure out if they look like they're creepy or not just by Googling them these days. So don't think it's any different when it comes to people who are interested in visiting your church. They're going to check you out online first before they even step foot into your church. Online presence today is like a window into your church. You know, they online presence, people are going to go on and check you out, and we need to make sure that we don't give them an out before they even get in. So we want to make sure that guests uh, see how your church is authentically. You know, we always put our, our best foot forward. You know, we're, you only put the best selfies on your Facebook page and your Instagram stories, which is great. But you want to make sure that that the things that you're posting online is a representation of who you really are. Guests want to see how your church looks and feels. Do I feel like I would fit in if I go there? I Google a lot of things. I Google is just to see if what should I wear. Like what are what are people wearing there so I know, you know, what I'm getting into. Well, my husband and I first went to, to one church, Easter 2012. Pastor Greg has been asking my husband, inviting my husband for like two years before that, before we actually went. And he said, oh, it's so casual. Uh, you know, you can wear whatever you want. Don't You don't have to dress up. So we show up on Easter in, you know, jeans, T-shirt, you know, nothing too, you know, it was nice, but not too, you know, dressy. Greg walks out in a suit and a tie, and he was like, he's never worn a suit and a tie since, because he's told, he's told, he told us that we, we didn't have to dress up. So never again has Pastor Greg wore a suit or tie, because he didn't want to rep- misrepresent who we are as a church, because we are just come in whatever you're most comfortable in. And so that's important. That's important for people to see that, to to feel like, oh, I feel like I could belong there. I feel like I would fit in there. And so if you look at the numbers, 59% of adults under 30 say that they have incorporated online search when looking for a new congregation. That's six out of 10 people are looking at your website before they even step foot in your church. They will visit your church up to 10 times before they actually step foot, pull onto your parking lot on a Sunday. So what your website and your social media, 
um, what that says to a potential guest is an opportunity to exceed their expectations before they have a chance to form one. But when they get there, you better deliver expectations when they, you better deliver those expectations when they pull in on the parking lot. The pictures that you have online, the information that you share online with your guests, when they pull into the parking lot and they are walking through your auditorium and your lobby, they better say, oh yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be like. We don't want, nobody wants a, you know, bait and switch um, when they get there. So think about it. Think about your online presence. Look at, look at your website. Look at your social media. If you were a guest, would you want to visit your church by looking on your website? Number five, we're glad you're here. So your guests decided, you know, I feel this tug. I want to, I want to check this thing out called church. I go online. I search and I find this church. And I look at your website, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going this Sunday. I'm going to go. I pull up, and of course, we say, oh, we're so glad you're here. But are you? Are you glad you're here? Are you glad they're here? Would they know that by walking onto your property? If you want to reach new people for the gospel, you have to expect new people to show up. If you're not expecting people, they're going to feel like, oh, well, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe they don't want me here. Maybe I don't belong. You know, I'm not a member. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know much about the Bible. Um, so are you expecting them? Are you greeting them with hospitality? Do they feel, um, do they feel like they belong when they walk into your church for the first time? You know, every week, um, you may have a guest pull onto your property, and if they get the feeling that they're not welcomed or that you weren't expecting them, they might not walk in, they might not even park, they might just leave. And then you've lost that opportunity to help them encounter Jesus. And maybe they were supposed to be there that day for a specific reason that God called them there for that day. They were supposed to have an encounter, and now that's gotten derailed because we weren't ready for them or they didn't feel like we were expecting them or that we even wanted them. One of my favorite verses, Acts 2, 46-47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily. He only added to the number because there was new people coming. And because the people that were there were glad and sincere because they received the Holy Spirit. They knew what encountering Jesus was, and they wanted to share that with everyone else. So we're glad that you're here. So going back, we talked about an empty chair never gave his life to Jesus. 
If they can't get to the chair, it's not the only thing that's going to be left empty. So we have 10 minutes to make a first impression. And we all know how intimidating it could be to walk into a place for the first time, not knowing where anything is, not knowing where uh, the restroom is, where do I get coffee, um, you know, what if I have to drop my kids off? Is there a separate entrance? What what does that all look like? You know, we've all been there. We've all been somewhere where it's been um, intimidating to walk in for the first time. I know for me, Ikea was probably the most intimidating place I've ever walked into. Um, so, you know, why? why? Why do we do this? Well, we do this because God said so. He told us that, you know, it's not our job to stop someone who is wanting to hear from God. It's our job to get them there, to have that encounter with God. It's the right thing to do because it, it's just the right thing to do. Um, you know, we need, we need to be ready to help people. No one likes rude people. I don't know how many times I've been, you know, through a drive-thru, somebody's rude to you. No one likes no one likes that person in the moment. You just pray for them and, you know, just give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, maybe they're having a bad day. But you don't like it. You don't like when somebody's rude to you. So why should we, we be rude to people uh, when they show up at our church wanting to encounter God? You were there before. You were once that person. You've been there. And it's our mission. God's telling us, that's what we are to do. That's our whole mission is to share the gospel uh, with people. So you've got your 10 minutes. And within that 10 minutes, we want to make sure that we're breaking the barriers. Distraction-free zone for someone to encounter God. We want to welcome guests because that's what they are here for us to encounter God. So guests are important to us. We want to make sure that we have the right people in the right seat on the bus. So personality is important. Personality is really important in in most aspects uh, because I know that I would not want to serve in an area that I don't feel comfortable in, um, that I don't feel like I'm skilled for, um, or I'm passionate about. So in, in order to, to do that, it's our job to help our volunteers, help our, uh, volunteers to find that area where they are gifted and passionate. And then we need to look at our online presence, online dating. Um, w- before someone even gets to our church, they're looking at us, uh, through the eyes of what we put out there. Um, uh, you know, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's, um, Instagram. I don't know. I got rid of all my social media, so I don't know what's out there anymore. Um, but Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, people are looking at how they can connect before they even get into your church and how, before they even connect with a person. Um, and then number five, the, um, is just being glad that they're here. We need to let them know that we care for them that we're glad they're here and that we were expecting them and that we're glad and sincere, that we're just not, we're just not like, hell, we're so, yeah, we're glad you're here, but you're not really on the, the, the insiders yet. So, you know, 
everyone that shows up to our church should feel uh, welcome. And we should be glad and sincere because they're showing up there because they want to experience God. They want to experience Jesus. They want to hear the gospel. And even if they don't know it yet, when they get there, they'll find out. But they have to get there first. So I'm going to stop there. We're going to stop at 5. If you all come back to the second half, and I won't be offended if you guys decide to go somewhere else, but if you if you come back to the second half, we'll do the next five after that. Um, but I just wanted to open up to any questions that you guys might have, um, anything that you want to ask, and uh, yes. 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 So that can be really difficult when someone feels like, oh, I, you know, this is my jam, and it's really not their jam. Um, but one of the things that has helped us is, um, and we just recently started a growth track in February. And so the last week of growth track, we have um, this paper that, uh, you know, this form that we ask them to fill out. And um, Pastor Greg does a little bit of a, a 10-minute kind of video kind of setting this up. And it talks about, like I said before, your your gifts, your passions, your skills, your scars, your stories, because all those things can uh, lend into, uh, you know, if I'm someone who have been through a divorce, then I'm able to minister to other people who've been through a divorce. So, like, part of my story is going to help someone else. So one of the things we do ask is that people fill out this form so that they kind of give us a little bit about, uh, we, we know a little bit about them and what their personality is, um, what some of their stories, their scars. Um, and then we ask them, one of the questions we ask them is, don't ask me to. So if I like all this stuff, I'm interested in all this, but don't ask me to do this. And a lot of people say, don't ask me to preach. A lot of people say, don't ask me to sing. But there's some things that we can pull from there. So what that's helped us to do is kind of look at um, that person and kind of look at that. And before they decide where they want to serve, we can kind of say, hey, we think you'd be best serving here and at least try this area out for you know a couple weeks and see what you think and then we'll connect with them and say hey you've been serving uh you know on the um production team for the last couple um you know weeks how do you feel about that do you feel comfortable um is there another area that you would like to serve in um so it's really helped us and we just started growth track um a couple weeks ago, or a couple, last month, but we've used that. We've used that paper um, previously in, in just helping us to help people get on the right team so that it, those awkward conversations don't have to happen. Um, but I think that if there is someone who is in their, you know, kind of like you see it, but they don't, um, I think the best thing is to, to have that conversation, is to have that 
as awkward as it might be, but to just talk to them in, in truth and, and grace. And, you know, let them know that, you know, I think maybe there's a, let's try another area. Um, you, you're doing well here, but I think that you can thrive over here. And, you know, be, be prepared to kind of have an idea of where they might be a better fit. Um, and just don't say, hmm, it's not working out. It's not you. It's, it's us. But it really is you. Um, you know, be prepared to have, you know, think through, think through this person and who they are and, and how you can maybe find a better place for them to serve and just say, you know, you're doing a really great job, but I really think you could do really well over here. I would love for you to try this team over here. So. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't feel like we do. Um, you know, it's honestly, it's, you know, someone with an open heart who's willing and wanting to serve. If, you know, we go through that form and we're looking at them and, you know, it's, they're like, I want to serve on the host team. I want to serve at the welcome tent. Then, you know, we're going to put them there first. And if, like if it comes down to where eh, it's probably not the best, we'll we'll see if we can move you to a different. But I, I think that it's it's awesome to have a mix of young, old, you know, different races, different ethnicities. Um, especially if your um, church is, you know, uh, like our church is becoming more diverse, and we want everyone to see that because we want everyone to feel like they they can come there and be connected and be a part of the body of Christ. Um, does, is, did that answer your question a little, or was that? Okay, you're not quite? Okay. I mean, we have, we have, um, one of the things that I love is like our youth, our youth students, um, they serve uh, on the host team. We have parents serving with their children on the host team. So then, you know, we have everyone from, beginning, you know, from the little, little guys all the way up, you know, some of our, um, we, like I mentioned before, my husband sometimes preaches at the Golden Fellowship, and they meet every Tuesday, and they are, uh, like, the youngest person's probably 72 on up, and they have, you know, but we have, some of them are, you know, those amazing people are some of our most faithful um, who serve on Sundays, and they might not be able to stand there, but they're sitting in a chair right by the auditorium doors, greeting people. Um, so I don't, I don't think that um, we we ever kind of put people according to, um, you know, their age or or anything like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So, um, and I, we're still working on that. Um, we just started a growth track in uh, February. So this is so this is our second month in growth track. Um, but one of the things that we have found, and I just want to encourage you with this, is that 
when you start growth track, you have these expectations that everyone's going to come and everyone wants to be a part of it. If your numbers don't reflect what your expectations are, it's okay. Just be consistent. Always offer it regardless. Um, because that's one of the things for us, you know, we were, had this expectation. We had a great turnout for the first week. And then each week it kind of, you know, we're like, Oh, how come these people aren't coming back? How come these people aren't coming back? I feel like the, the main, one of the main things is to make it, um, front and center all the time. Always be talking about it. Always put value on it. Ask your leaders to go through it. Uh, so that when people, um, are coming to, you know, they're, they're, coming and they're like, oh, I've been coming for a long time. How do I, you know, your leaders are like, you need to go to growth track. You need to get this information. You need to, um, you know, be a part of this because, you know, for us in, in, at one church, we kind of did away with, um, like membership and we, we called it partnership. So we don't even do any of that because we are, what, what are we being a, a member, being a partner? What, does that even mean? Like, what, what does that get them? What, you know, that I feel like we felt like that's something that if you go to a gym and you pay for a membership, you get something. Um, so we just feel like if you believe that one church is your church, then you're going to get connected in a group and you're going to serve on a serve team. So I think that, um, the process, the third, that third week that we've done, we do growth track for three consecutive weeks, not four. Some people do four. Some people do two. Some people do one big event. Um, so we found for our church that three weeks was probably, um, the most that we're going to capture people's attention. Um, and so that third week is when we talk about serving and talk about, um, you know, the importance of joining a team. And that's when we do the, uh, the survey or the, the form where people fill out. And so then what happens is we take that and we enter that information in and then we assign each department, uh, you know, according to what they, you know, the top three departments they're interested in, we assign that person to a department for an initial reach out. So they initially are to reach out to that person, set up a meeting, get to know them, um, and then help them decide if that initial department that they're interested in and all the information that they provided will, um, you know, kind of be the best fit. And if not, then they, they'll at, talk to another department. So I had this last, um, the la- this last time, uh, someone was interested in the host team. So I uh, reached out to them, met with them, brought them in for a uh, shadow Sunday, kind of gave them a tour of, uh, you know, kind of all the areas to, to uh, serve in on a Sunday. And at the end of the, the end of the day, um, I really felt like sh- that that person was more interested in serving in kids. So then now I go to my kids pastor and say, Hey, I have this lady. I think she's really passionate about hosting in the kids area with check-ins and things like that. So I need you to reach out to her and pull her onto your team. So I think that just a real, um, good solid, um, plan, uh, whether that's a workflow, whether that's, uh, you know, a, a spreadsheet, uh, whatever that might look like to just make sure that after someone comes out of growth track, that someone is reaching out to them and, and helping them get connected. Because if you leave it 
for them to figure that out, it's not going to happen. They're going to fall away, and we have to be intentional about making sure that they um, get into serving. Yes, sir. Growth track. It's called growth track. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So, so growth track um, is a, uh, for us, now there is a, um, many churches have growth track, and many churches do it in different ways. So what it basically is, is um, three weeks, four weeks, whatever your church decides, um, on Sundays, people can go to this class, to this class, and uh, the first week is uh, to help them decide whether this church is your church. So what we talk about a lot is about who we are as a church, what we believe, um, and just we want people to be informed about who we are when they're deciding on whether or not they want to be a part of our church. So, and if we're not the right church for you, then... We'll help you find a church. You know, we want, that's the most important thing. We want you to find a church. And if we're not it, we're going to help resource you into the, the kind of church that you're looking for. Because what we don't want to happen is someone to come to our church and be there for months. And then we do something that, and they're like, wait, why would you, I don't understand. So this really helps people to align with our mission and our values. Um, and so then, uh, each week is some, a, a different subject. So week two for us, we talk about serving, or I'm sorry, groups, and about the importance of uh, joining the community and being a community, because as your church grows, sometimes it's harder, uh, you know, to find community. And, you know, on staff, we all can't do everything for everyone, but you're going to find freedom through community. Um, and then the third week, we talk about um, serving. And so the importance of being in, uh, on a serve team. Now, serve for those, some, some of the other churches, they actually use this process to, uh, for their membership. And so at the end, you would, um, you would actually, you know, sign something that I'm a member of this church. Um, like I said, we don't use membership or partnership anymore. Um, but that's, uh, something that, a lot of churches still do. Um, and it's a great way just to kind of like make sure everyone's on the same page. Yes. 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 That's good. And then at the end of the service, we're encouraging prayer. 
gave out a card. You can pick out and grab a gift pack. Mm. It has all of our group information in there, contact information, small group information, uh, ministry information, all that kind of plus some inventory gifts. Yeah. And the bag's about yay big, and your responsibility is to pick out that card to collect it before it's completed, and then they give the gift bag and talking about, hey, we got small groups to get connected into here and different things like that. That's good. So that's a way of getting our cards back completed. Yeah, that's good. That's did did y'all hear him? Oh Lord, now I gotta. <laughs> sorry. Next time, I'm sorry. Next time, I will give you the mic. Um, so he was talking about um guests uh and and receiving first time guest cards. Um, and so they ask at the beginning of their service to anyone who um is a guest to slip their hand up, and then someone hands them a card. Um, and then at the end, they'll they'll go out and hand that card back to someone, and they'll give them a gift um, that has information about um, their church, small groups, and, you know, events and things like that that are coming up, and then there's also a gift in there, um, which is a great, um, great way. I've seen that done at a church I went to um, in California, and uh, me as an introvert, that kind of makes me a little, I, I didn't want to, I was like this, oh, please don't. Um, so we actually... How, do we have more time, or we have three minutes? Yes, yes. Okay. That's a good question. Her question was, "How do we recognize first-time guests in our parking lot?" Um, so we have signs like the A-frame sign, A-frame signs. Um, when guests come in, um, that says visitor, turn on your flashing lights. So then our parking, uh, team, they, uh, actually are trained to recognize that and they, um, direct them into first time guest parking. So we have up front, um, a row of coned off parking spots so that they can, and the, um, parking lot host will go over there pull the cone up and let them park in there. Then our our welcome tent team, they actually see that people are parked in the first-time guest area, and they go over and greet them. Okay, so I think we are about done for this session.